You're listening to the Self Love series brought to you by Sports and Social Mind. In each episode, we will be joined by some of Ireland's inspiring female minds. This week, our host, Jazz Smith, is joined by the fabulous and fantastic makeup artist full of pearls of wisdom, Miss Elaine Cruz. Hello! <laughs> Gorgeous! Hello, how are you? Oh, hello, lipstick. <laughs> Listen, I made all the effort for you. Like, I was like, you know what, I am going ham tonight. <laughs> The second time in the last year that I've actually put makeup on. So, uh, yeah, I feel you. I, I feel blessed. I feel privileged. <laughs> I'm blessed. How are you? I'm good. I was, uh, I was better about five minutes ago, but I realised that you could see my nips through my jumper. <laughs> Hashtag free the nips. I'm all for it. <laughs> eight o'clock. It should be like, that's a mortal sin. <laughs> Honestly, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm not gonna lie. I've had a few glasses of Prosexy, so uh, <laughs> I'm a little bit lively, but it's good. We look, it's gonna well, be great. I've said so today. So you can do <laughs> I mean, I feel it's the day that we're reborn, so why not? <laughs> this is it. Exactly. Okay, so I guess we'll get into it. For those who don't know you, obviously, look, I only came across you last year. I am a massive fan. I love you. You're one of the people that I live to follow because I just think you are, you're just real. You're proper, authentic. You're a great crack and you're just proper Irish. And I love that about you. <laughs> so, but for those who don't know you, would you please introduce yourself? Oh, I hate this bit. I hate being asked this question because it always makes me instantly viral into an existential crisis. Um, I am just, my name's Elaine. Um, I'm middle-aged, uh, overweight, mixed race, and I'm a mooer who likes to tell the truth. <laughs> I, I am pretty uh, unextraordinary. So. No, you are extraordinary. I'm sorry. I said it, she is. <laughs> no, you are. And I just, you know what, I think when I came across your page, obviously it was last year um, through the whole Black Lives Matter movement. And I fell in love with you instantly. I heard your story and I completely resonated with it. And not even just your story. It was just, to me, you were a breath of fresh air coming out for someone who I hadn't seen you on Instagram. And I was like, who is this girl? I need to know more because I just think there's no one like you. That's basically it. Nobody like any of us. <laughs> this is true. Amazing. But yeah, I was so glad to come. This is the first time we've actually ever spoken face to face. I know. <laughs> All our chats. And this is yeah, the first time here on Instagram. And I think we instantly bonded over our similarities and our story. Uh, and I am very much glad to have you in my life, even if it is. <laughs> so I was super excited to do this with Social Mind Ireland anyway, because I think it's, I just love what this page um is all about but i'd be lying if i said i wasn't extra excited when i knew it was going to be you thank you <laughs> i mean i'm not buzzing but i am <laughs> same. same i've had a conversation with anybody in the last five months so i'm very excited to talk I, to anyone. I think you and me are very similar in the way that we'd probably talk to a wall if no one was chatting to us <laughs> Yeah, I mean, this is where I have a little bit of a love-hate relationship sometimes with social media. But the one thing I do love about it is if I have nobody to talk to, I will talk to my phone. Um, <laughs> I have, I'm not much of an Instagrammer. Um, but I do, for anyone who's listened to this on the podcast, there was air quotes. Um, <laughs> but I, that's the one thing I do love about social media is being able to meet people like you, like-minded people. Yeah. Or able to get something off your chest because sometimes I can't hold things in and I need to be able to say it to the world um, and I think the joy of that is coming across people like yourself and um, where you have like for me the people that follow me which are not very many in comparison to a lot of people that you guys have had on this previously but I talk to people all the time that I've never met I think that is one of the joys of social media. And I think something we've really been lacking for the last year is that human connection. So yeah. delighted to be having the chats with you today. Oh, I'm so excited. Like I actually have been waiting for this for so many weeks because 
I just, I don't know, you're just someone that like, I obviously, we haven't physically met, but like someone that I really have connected to. And obviously when you put up your video, it inspired me to put up mine. And I just think like, whoever isn't following you needs to follow you because you just, you just say it how it is. You say it with your chest. And that's what I love about you. And I think Instagram and all social media is really lacking this. Um, definitely, like, I think a lot of people kind of, it's very surface a lot of the time. And I think with you, it's like, you literally, you see what you get. And I love that about you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Honest to a fault. So <laughs> my detriment. <laughs> it is what it is. I think that should be, like, on my headstone. <laughs> it is said what she said no absolutely but I love that but look there's so many things I want to ask you so I guess I'm going to get straight into it I guess for me and how we kind of connected was through the Black Lives Matter movement so I'm going to kind of go back to that and in that kind of criteria um, so obviously you are involved in makeup that's what you do um, but I'd like you to tell me a bit more of that maybe like how you feel that you know being a person of color how that has affected you in the beauty industry industry um so this is a tricky one when i first put up that video there was something that i wanted to make really clear is the makeup industry is not racist i want to make that really really clear that's not what i was trying to say mm -hmm. but is probably the only one of the only industries that exists on the planet where the topic of conversation is always skin mm -hmm. where you have to talk about it like we know that there's issues like anybody who's got curly hair regardless of race anybody that's got curly hair knows that you know going to the hairdressers is going to be an issue or it may <laughs> might be somebody who doesn't know how to deal with your hair who doesn't who doesn't have the education to do it but when it comes to makeup skin is the one thing that you have to talk about so it was you know I've been doing makeup since 2008 so I'm very old uh, but I'm in very good lighting right now <laughs> um, but yeah it's always been a topic of conversation and it's always been something that you know anybody that's worked with me because um, I've worked for two big brands um, and mainly in education. So my job was to teach and to train and to educate. And as part of that conversation, I always talked about race and I always talked about skin colour because it's your job. It's your job to know skin colour. And, you know, we all know, even for most of us that have barely gotten dressed for the last, you know, year, those days where you put on a little bit of mascara or you put a bit of something on, just a little bit of makeup, just to make yourself feel better. The reason why we wear makeup is because it makes us feel better about ourselves. Yeah. So the whole concept of, you know, going to buy makeup or having a makeup experience should be really positive. Mm -hmm. So what I've always tried to do as an educator in makeup is to help people who, you know, to help anyone who's not of course to understand you know, the ways, the things and the things that they might say or the things that they do that make somebody of colour feel uncomfortable mm -hmm. or helping people understand the reason why we like the things that we like. Yeah. You know, but in really simple terms, you know, I'd say probably 90% of the Irish white population wears tan or wants to yeah. find it darker. And then you get a lot of black women who want to be lighter. That's yeah. white girls don't understand mm -hmm. because we have but it was about I've always tried to educate the bigger picture on that and the reasons why somebody might want to be lighter and how you cannot force your perception of beauty onto somebody else yeah. so it's not necessarily that the industry has anything racist running through it it was just there's a lack of education there's a lack of understanding um, but I think that's I think that's across the country yeah you know and you and i know this from personal experience and i think last year there was so many white irish people that were so shocked and so horrified to hear the amount of stories that people were brave enough to speak about it yeah. was completely dumbfounding um you know and these are just things that happen to us on a daily basis because there was just a lack of awareness um so i think 
with makeup because it's something that we as a makeup artist you have to know understand and you have to be able to speak about skin skin color skin texture i think it was always felt like it was more it was more prevalent in that industry mm -hmm. have to talk about yeah does that make sense yeah no i get it do you think that like i'm just going off from my personal experience and stuff i suppose from when I first maybe would have gone to get my makeup done for like my devs, that kind of, we're probably going back about, let's say 10 years or, hold on, I'm trying to think what age I'm, yeah, about 10 years. And when I first went to get my makeup done, <laughs> and I remember going to like, I won't name the brand, but going to get my makeup done and they were really uncomfortable about how to deal with my face. They didn't know, they were like, what do you normally use? And I felt kind of uncomfortable in that situation because I was like, well, I actually don't wear makeup that often, so I don't know. I'm coming to you. To I come to you. You're the expert. Yeah. yeah, but that comes that comes from the top down. Yeah, that there's a, those brands that heavily, heavily invest in the training and the education of their artists. You know, and in particular about like skin color, but also about different cultures. Yeah, and how to best serve customers from all walks of life you know that's even down to muslim women and you know helping them to educate them and help them to understand the importance of a hijab or somebody who has to cover their face the reason why they have to and why it's inappropriate to try and take that down in public you know those brands that heavily invest in their artists with those that kind of education and there's some that don't but then there's also you know we are a minority in this country so getting to practice those things um, it doesn't happen as often. So I think there's a personal responsibility on every makeup artist to be able to educate themselves. The, in, the There is nothing that TikTok cannot teach you. you, know? <laughs> <I> you <know? laughs> we live in a world now where we're inundated with information. So yeah. I know is no longer an excuse. Yeah. No, I 100% have to agree with you because look, I have my son coming to me teaching me things. I'm like, how do you even know about that? Is it TikTok? <laughs> Like TikTok has changed my life and I'm probably <laughs> here, but like I've been away, I missed out, missed out um, I very loosely, but I wasn't around for the vast majority, for all of lockdown three. Um, and I had a Wi-Fi, pretty much a Wi-Fi free life. Yeah. Well, you know, maybe a couple of hours a day. I was like, I've gone from reading two to three books a week to spending nine hours a day yeah. on TikTok. I've learned a lot, but it all <laughs> No, it's so easy. Like, I didn't have it for such a long time, and then my son had it, and I'd kind of go on, and then I'd suddenly be down this rabbit hole of things that I didn't even need to know, and I can't stop watching because it's just I, so addictive. A creep. TikTok is convinced that I'm a lesbian, so <laughs> I've learned a lot about, you know, the lesbian community. But <laughs> yeah I, that needs to stop <laughs> well i mean look at least you can take some positive from it back away from tiktok <laughs> right so obviously okay look i'll park that aside for now because i feel like that's something that we could talk about for so long but obviously this is a self-love series so i want to talk to you i guess about Okay, self-love and confidence, because, you know, we had a little previous chat and, you know, I mentioned to you about confidence because I follow you. I You're one of the uh, people I chose as a person that I follow for positivity, because I just think, as I said, and I don't need to say it again, but you're just really real. And as I said, you know, exactly what it says in the tin. <laughs> um, but I, you always strike me as a really confident person. So what's your take on confidence? So the words confident and positive give me like Forrest Whitaker's eye. Um, <laughs> sorry, but they do. I'm <laughs> allergic to both things. And just set the record straight, I do not for a second consider myself a positive person. I'm not. I'm not a positive person. I want to stand up in the court and be like, here, here. <laughs> um, no, I, honestly, I don't think that I'm an extremely positive person and I also have a little bit of a love-hate relationship with confidence because for me confidence and self-love are two completely separate things completely because I feel that 
confidence is fleeting. Absolutely fleeting. Like I've spent the last few months um, living my best tropical island life. So I spent the vast majority of my time in a bikini. Mm-hmm. I am, I feel confident standing on a beach wearing very little clothes, but I do not feel confident when I get into the sea because I can't swim. <laughs> so for me, confidence and self-love are not the same things. I may come across as very confident when I do certain things or when I talk about certain things. If I talk about makeup, I'm super confident. When it comes to educating people on makeup, I'm passionate about it and I know what I'm talking about. So of course I'm going to be confident. But if you ask me to talk about something that I don't know, well, then all of my confidence is completely shut. But I think the difference between self-love and confidence is if I, if I have self-compassion, which for me is the absolute, that's the cornerstone. That is what holds self-love together. It means if I go up and I try something that I've never done before and I do a bad job, it means that is not going to shatter my confidence. But having self-compassion means I can still say to myself, do you know what? I gave it my best go. I was vulnerable. I was brave. I tried something. It didn't go as well as I wanted it to. But I've lived and I've learned. And I will try and educate myself more. Or I'll try again. So, yeah, I may come across as confident. But it's only when I'm doing things that I'm comfortable doing. Yeah. No, I think that's a really valid point because I think, especially now more than ever, we're seeing this bombarded constantly on Instagram. And even I know myself, I'm like, I class myself as a confident person. But when you make those points there, I'm thinking about it. And I'm like, yes, I'm a confident person. But like, I think it stems from actually self-belief. And it's that I believe myself. I mightn't be confident in certain things that I do, but... I believe that I'm capable enough to do these things and I believe myself and again, self-compassion, which I think is something that a lot of us don't have. Well, no, we do have, but maybe not so much. And I think it's important to have it for yourself, obviously, first and foremost, before you can have it for any everyone else. But I think if we have it for ourselves, then we can advocate that for other people and you know yourself, it just makes the world a better place. <laughs> yeah, the more I think the two things go hand in hand, but I think self-love and self-acceptance comes before self-confidence. Yeah. Oh, 100%. I mean, like, you can't, because I think, like, I have these conversations a lot of the time with my friends, and, like, you can't go out there and be, like, like, the whole fake it till you make it thing. Like, I used to believe that. And then I was like, but you can't, like, I, I get where the concept comes from, but you can't fake it till you make it because if you're going to think you're doing this, you're still not going to believe it. So what's going to make a difference is what the temporary like satisfaction and gratification you get from other people, but you're yeah. still not believing it. So I think it really, it's working within yourself. 100%. Completely. Because like I said, I think if, if you try and you fail, but you 100% believe that you are enough and that you're, self-confidence is not based it's not tethered it's not tied to being able to do this thing really successfully well then there is no failure yeah you know if if your self-belief and your self-confidence is fixed to doing well well then that's make or break yeah and if you make it and you don't make it well then you can feel like you are not enough yeah. but if you believe you're enough in everything that do well then there there is no failure there's yeah i'm gonna get kicked i'm gonna fail but i believe in myself enough to be able to get back up and try again it is it's it's not gonna end me it's not the end you know you either you know you win or you learn yeah it doesn't take from who you are exactly i think it's like you've already made it it's just actually realizing that because i think it was it's so, I think it's so hard, especially on Instagram. And like, sometimes I'm like, thank God I'm in the headspace that I am now. Because I think, you know, younger me would look at, like, see this, all this stuff on Instagram and stuff and be like, ah. And like, even sometimes I do find myself getting kind of a little bit clouded, but I'm like, okay, whoa, take a step back and think what's really real here now and what's actually going on. Because I feel like it's just so congested. Yeah, but you're human. Yeah. 
we're human. Yeah. You know, and I don't, I don't feel confident doing everything because I don't know how to do everything. But I also don't love all of me all the time. Yeah. Because I'm human. Exactly. We do live in a world where we are bombarded with images and we're bombarded with, um, you know, other people's successes. And, you know, it's been said so many times on this self-love series, you know, and it's because it's completely true. That comparison is, like, it does kill all. But we can't help ourselves because we're human and we live in a world where that's just how it is. Yeah. It's unfortunate. <laughs> and that's the thing. It's it's okay to not feel, to think everything is amazing. Yeah. Where self-acceptance comes in. Mm-hmm. You know, like, for instance, I have hair dysmorphia. I totally have hair dysmorphia. For me, I'm like, this is flat. I will never. <laughs> I, um, I'm like, let's not get started on hair because if I even let her loose, like, I idolize your hair. For your oh, girl pattern. I want yours. No. <laughs> Can we do a little mix? <laughs> so, I never have the size, the volume of hair that I want. And I have tried and I have battled for years to have the hair that I used to have when I was younger. I just don't have it anymore. Yeah. So now you the points where I'm like, I need to just accept that it's never going to be as big as I want it to be. Mm-hmm. And just work with what I have. And yeah. that just comes from, so, I, you know, and I think it definitely does come into race because, you know, this, we have so much that's yeah. attached to our hair mm-hmm. that it does get to a point where, yeah, I can compare myself to girls with like the 4C afros and wish that I had them, but I don't. Yeah. So I just learn to love what I have because that's okay. Because this is who I am and this is what I have. And holy God made to do this. And a really good hairdresser named Danielle. Um, <laughs> yeah, someone just asked who does your hair. <laughs> Danielle Whelan. I will share her Insta um, on my on my page because she's absolutely phenomenal and I trust nobody else with my Barney. But that's, and I know that's a really simple and it's, you know, it's a, it's a really, I suppose, stupid way of explaining it. But no. I think that's where self-acceptance is so important. Yeah. It's so important. Because now I can go onto Instagram and I follow so many hair pages and I can look at these girls and I appreciate them. Yeah. But I don't, I don't, I don't compare myself anymore because that's yeah. just not You're like, this is my hair. This is it. This is what's going to be. And I'm here for it. You got to work with what you got. Exactly. And can I ask just on that topic, where did you feel like, I'm rewinding a bit now, but did you feel like you had to like straighten your hair and everything? Like we're going back a few years or whatever. Did you feel the need to do that? Do you know what? It was after I read um, Don't Touch My Hair. Mm-hmm. Emma, I don't know how to pronounce her surname, so I'm not yeah. even going to. Is it Dubari or something? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to pronounce anything. So, uh, sorry, Emma. But, um, she's a black Irish author and I read her book Don't Touch My Hair and there was a lot of it that obviously I really resonated with mm-hmm. it just made me flash back her story was very similar to mine so my dad lived in the UK so Same. <laughs> when I was really young when I went to visit him yeah. it was the time I ever seen a box of dark and lovely hair relaxing Same. <laughs> yeah. I think I was about 9 or 10 yeah still in baby school and got and relaxed my hair my older brother did it for me and i had this really sleek bob and i just thought i was amazing the bees knees <laughs> after i read her book and she talked about how it's not even a conscious decision mm-hmm. it just was what you do yeah just what you do it's just like a rites of passage that if you have curly hair that at some stage you will just relax it yeah you don't why you don't think about any of these things you just do it yeah it wasn't until i read that and i was like i never know i i I don't know why i did that i don't know why i wanted that it wasn't a thought at the age of like nine or ten that I obviously wanted to assimilate and I wanted to be like other people. Yeah. It wasn't a conscious decision. It was just a given that at some stage, this is what you're going to do. 
Yeah. It's mad, like, because, like, obviously, you speaking about that, like, I was obviously in a similar situation. Now, my mum was white, and she kind of didn't know what to do with my hair, so she just started relaxing it. But I then continued it because to have a curly, like, Jesus Christ, I didn't want to be like... I just didn't want to have curly hair, like, you yeah. know what I mean? I wanted to be, I half the time prayed to be white just to make my life easier, like, and it's it's so sad looking back now because I'm like, God, if I'd left my hair the way it was. <laughs> my, you know, for me and my sister, Rob, it was very different. Like, yeah. I, I'm, I'm in my mom's house now and I wish I could show you the picture that's on the wall because I used to call myself, like, we all used to say that I was like Tina Turner's love child. Like, <laughs> so as kids like we were back home to within an inch of our lives <laughs> so you know we had a girl from up the road who was a hairdresser that came yeah. down and rode you you know for going to school but like my mom spent a huge amount of time on her hair as kids but I think as I got a little bit older it wasn't uh it wasn't that I didn't like it I just I didn't know what to do with it yeah I didn't know what to do with it I didn't know what to use you know yeah. or going to haircut and I remember going to get a haircut in a local like Nana L1 salon up the road and coming out with a t the worst haircut I've ever had and having one of the kids on the street ask me was I a boy or a girl and I didn't go out for four days because I sobbed and then my older brother came down to the house and was like okay we're going to sort this out and came down with pots of gel and like turned me into Tony Braxton <laughs> gel down and then I thought I was amazing <laughs> I never wanted, I've never wanted to be anything else. Yeah. I've never wanted to be, I've never wanted to be lighter. I've never wanted to have straight hair. I think it was just, if we had, a, again, Ireland was a very, very different place then. Very different. Like, I'm pushing 40, you know, so there wasn't a huge, there, there was very, very few people, um, anybody of colour, that yeah. I, or that we, you know, had friends with or had, any like there was three four four non-white girls in school yeah. and there were two of them you know so yeah the world was just a very different place back then but I really don't think that I have ever gone through a stage where physically I wanted to be something else or I didn't like what I looked like mm -hmm. I think if anything as I got older I just wanted to be darker and yeah. I want to grow yeah no, I think I've definitely been on both sides. But um, I just want to, like, going back to that, do you think now there's definitely an improvement in, like, more hairdressers and stuff, like, that are versatile within, like, you know, afro and curly hair and all different types like that? Um, I in think art, obviously. there's still a huge, there's one or two that are, you know, hairdressers in Ireland that are the go-tos. Yeah um that people know like yeah she's cool you know that she yeah. can the curly hair tell me because i don't even know <laughs> when it comes to education serious lack yeah it's lack, and i know that from working in the industry that i do when it comes to makeup there's a lack of education but yeah. also on shoots and working on shows you see the lack of education when it comes to hair as well yeah but i do think that there has been a few more people in the beauty industry that have spoken out in the and have done some more work in the last year mm -hmm. of actually using their platforms to try and educate people yeah. but you know it was Andrew Fitzsimons so Irish hairdresser that works with the Kardashians yeah uh, he put up a post and he continues to talk about it like if you are a hairdresser or you are a makeup artist and you call yourself a professional but you can't do black skin and you can't do black hair well then you specialize in Caucasian yeah you cannot call yourself a professional but i think there's a huge amount of work still to be done um but you know and it was something that i had planned to do last year as well i'm like <laughs> this is what i know personally yeah. i know professionally this is what i know this is what i've spent like 12 13 years of my career doing and speaking about mm -hmm. so you know be the change you want to see in the world but then yeah. the panini kicked in and none of us were allowed out yeah. <laughs> no I there definitely I do feel I just want to get your take on it because I do feel there's definitely a market for 
hair and other stuff as well because I've had people ask me like, oh, where do you get your hair cut? I've literally only gone to one hairdresser um, before and then my friend just trims it for me because I'm like, I don't actually know who to go to. I don't trust people with my hair. I've spent so long trying to get it back without relaxers or anything that I'm like, oh, I don't want them to touch it. My sister actually works in beauty supplies as well. So I buy a lot of my products from her store. Okay. Um, so for anybody who, if anybody is interested in just curly hair products, you know, makeup artists to go to, any of that beauty related, um, or for anybody who's just looking for, you know, who to go to for some education, um, stick it in the comments or give you or I a buzz yeah. and I'll share on my page any good names or accounts to follow. Thank you. That would be great. Not just for me, for everyone else. <laughs> but it's important. And I know I'm talking yeah. about, you know, it's the superficial and it might be just the aesthetic, but... But it you is know, important. It's a part of our identity, you know? There like, is. There's there's truth in the look good, feel good. Yeah. 100%. There has to be. Yeah. You know, a lot of us look at self-love as having a pamper, you know, so you want to be able to go to somebody who can make you feel help you make you feel amazing about yourself yeah oh definitely um and speaking on that self-care let's get on to that buzz what does that mean to you because you know i feel like obviously we've talked to a lot of people about this and it's nice to get everyone's perspective on what self-care means to them yeah i think all right mama's gonna go on a tangent here um right <laughs> we all know that you know we live in a society where capitalism reigns mm -hmm. you know no matter what's happening in the world 99 percent of it is trying to make some money out of you and i think a huge the a downside sometimes of social media is a lot of things that start off as good get repackaged and they become a commodity yeah so for me i look i love a pamper me and my sister call them de-gunge days and we've been doing them for years you know we're treatment in the hair face mask do the nails do all of those things for me that is uh, personal hygiene yeah it doesn't necessarily for me that's not always self-care yeah. i think self-care if if you have to go and buy something to care about yourself well then for me that is not for me personally that's not self-care mm-hmm you know, because I think there's a lot of companies and there's a lot of brands that have jumped on the self-care kind of bandwagon and jumped on the hashtag. And it's like, okay, so you're going to buy this set of products. We're going to sell you all of this skincare because this is a self-care package. Yeah. Like if putting a face mask on and being able to disconnect and sit in your own and just be at peace with yourself for an hour makes you feel better, absolutely more power to you. For me, I think the the best way that I have learned to take care of myself over the last few years is setting boundaries and saying no. Mm -hmm. For me, that is the biggest, the most caring thing I can do for myself is to have boundaries and to be honest with myself mm -hmm. and to allow myself to feel what I feel. That's where I have a bit of an issue with let's be positive, let's always be positive. No, I won't because sometimes things are terrible and I am human and I'm allowed to cry and I'm allowed to be vulnerable and I'm allowed to be sad and I'm allowed to be scared and yeah. constantly plastering positivity over those things does not help you will end up in very very helpful but expensive therapy like I have <laughs> um, because we're humans and we're multifaceted and I, and I think that it's sometimes we're social media and a lot of things that we see in just society in general and in the media is always telling us to be positive mm -hmm. no i want to rant i want to vent and i want to feel yeah and then i'll be okay i'll be okay i won't stay miserable but let me let me sit in the shit for a minute yeah you know even when people you know ask you you know are you a glass half full or if you glass half empty my glass is always half full but if it was full and somebody spilled it, you better believe I'm going to be pissed off because <laughs> I have glass. I will be grateful that I still have half. But yeah. I'm not going to be annoyed that you spilled it. Yeah. I just think sometimes we, we focus too much on being 
positive and we focus too much on having to buy things to take care of ourselves make a cup of tea yeah. go fuck get dressed. Like, I feel like I can take on the world today. I did not realise that not wearing leggings would be transformative <laughs> today. Just putting a pair of trousers on it made me feel amazing. <laughs> that, that oh, I love you. <laughs> effort and I went outside. Yeah. No, I love that. I think you honestly really hit the nail on the head there because I think a lot of us do fall into that, like, what is self-care? What is self-care? It's all about, you know, doing things. Like, I know myself, I definitely played a uh, victim to that, being like, oh, I feel shit, so I need to buy myself something. What, to temporarily make myself feel better? But really, I know it's actually just being like, okay, I feel shit sitting with that and actually just being like, okay, this is what it is. This is yeah. how I feel. And then letting it go. You know, you can't... I think it gets to a stage where you can sit with it, but I'm kind of like, don't wallow. Yeah. That's how I, what I always tell myself. I'm like, right, I love myself. Yeah. Yeah, I just think, like, the whole self-care Sunday. We, the minute I hear that, I'm automatically like, okay, face mask, wipe my teeth. You know, I have to do something and I need to buy something to make that happen. But I think if we just look at the way we even, I think language is really, really in, important. Mm -hmm. For me, I'll say, instead of me saying, I'm going to do some self-care how am I going to care about myself today? Yeah. Because for me, that's completely different. Yeah. No, I think, I love that you've shared that because I think it's definitely, it's it's a trend right now. You know, everyone's talking about self-care and I spoke about it personally on my page and I suppose like I'd always say like, this is kind of the things that I do or whatever. But I think really it does get down to the nitty gritty of actually getting inside into your emotions and that's what it's all about, actually caring for yourself, putting yourself first, as you said, setting boundaries and saying no. It's making you numero uno, like. Yeah, completely. And don't get me wrong. I like, I, I love paint my nails. Yeah. But I sit down, paint my nails, and lock myself in a room for an hour when I'm stressed out or I'm overwhelmed or I'm anxious. Mm -hmm. because it gives me something to focus on. Let me hold my lip gloss. It gives me <laughs> focus on so I can just get away from myself yeah for, or it just gives me time to breathe if something has upset me yeah and I'll get out through the other side of it sitting for an hour and painting my nails and just switching off is amazing yeah that, that's a way for me to take care of myself but i don't need to buy a new nail varnish to feel better yeah okay so obviously painting your nails is something that you do you know to take your focus elsewhere what other things, when you're feeling a little bit shitty, you're having a bit of a bad day, I don't know, you're in your period, whatever it is, what do you do that kind of, you know, elevates your mood, helps you feel that little bit better? Uh, ranting. <laughs> I like to talk. I think it's really important that we share. Um, I think my, I set off on the voyage of self-love and self-acceptance. I started out in that in about 2017. Long story short, lost my job, didn't know who I was, what I was or what I was doing with my life. So I decided to scoot off to the other side of the world and try to figure some stuff out. Um, and I think the best thing that I have learned since then is trying to be vulnerable and talking about how I feel more. And I am incredibly lucky and so grateful for the like amazing friends that I have. And we are really respectful of each other and each other's boundaries. So mm -hmm. if I've if something has upset me, I'm not going to pick up the phone and just have a rant at you mm -hmm. because I would not want to put that on somebody else because we have to be empathetic to how much we offload on other people. You know, just because it doesn't mean it's not heavy. Yeah. Um, you know, and me and my friends will text each other and be like, um, so I need to be a bitch for 10 minutes do you have time to that? Can you accommodate me being an arsehole for the next 25 minutes because I need to go on a tangent? So it will be like, absolutely, yes, of course you can. Or I'm busy, I'm doing something. Can I give you a buzz tomorrow? Tomorrow I have an hour. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, cool. So I think it's just really important, number one, for yourself, for me to be able to speak my truth and get it out. Mm -hmm. Otherwise these things just fester. And really important to have people around you that you can do that with. Yeah. But also asking for permission and giving each other the space to do it. 
Yeah, I think that's, you've made such a great point there because I think that's really important because I know myself, I'm a very empathetic person and I'm always like, oh, if someone has something, I need to listen, I need to like be there for them. But sometimes I'm like, I actually can't deal with this right now. So having that heads up will yeah. be so great to be like, you know what, I can't listen to this right now, but like text me at this time or I'll chat to you tomorrow and we can talk about it then. Because I think that it's, you know, you're allowing them and giving them that space and they, they also know that they can get it off then or even saying, you know, send me the voice note now so you can get it off your chest. Yeah. But let me come back to it a little bit later. I also, it was a friend of mine that said this to me years ago and it has something that has just stayed with me ever since and I use it all the time. Have you ever had something going on in your life and you want to talk to your friend about it, but it is just something that they cannot connect with or have something now to you say you're struggling with something and a friend of yours wants to talk to you about their issue and you're like well I'm actually in my I'm in a worse position than you are you know you're like oh I'm you know I've, I've lost my job and they're like I didn't get the promotion that I wanted yeah mm, there's a lack of empathy here because we're not on the right page so you can either not talk to that friend or be annoyed at that friend mm-hmm my friend what she does is she just goes yeah I, wrong friend <laughs> i'm the i love you and i understand that you're struggling but i am the wrong friend to have this conversation with yeah because i just i can't i we, we're not on the same page about these things i just i'm the wrong friend i actually think you know chloe will be a better person to talk about because i think she'll be able to understand where you're coming from a little bit more than me yeah, and I think that's really, like, brave and, like, honest to say. Because I feel like a lot of the time people are always trying to please their friends or whatever. But instead of just saying, you know what, actually, I can't do this right now. I can't understand. I can't empathize with you. So maybe say to whoever, and knowing that there is somebody else that they can talk to um, is a great thing. Because a lot of the time, you know, I know myself, I've been in the situation where I'm like, you know, for example, say something that's happened to you like that or whatever. And it's like, I actually can't deal with this right now. And yeah. not wanting to be the bad guy, but, but saying, you know what, I can't. But passing it on to someone else and knowing that they'd be more suited and, you know, have the criteria to talk about these things. Yeah, it takes the pressure off. Yeah. Because I think we put an awful lot of pressure on people to be able to give us everything. Yeah. And that's fair. Because we're all human. And none of us, like, we're all flawed and none of us have the answers to everything. So yeah. expecting people in your life to be able to do everything, understand everything and give us the answers for everything. No. Yeah. No. We, no. we can't always do that. You know, you're completely empathetic and compassionate towards people, but sometimes there's a level of detail that you're not going to understand. Yeah, we don't know everything. Like, I think we're, we're all just learning constantly day in, day in. And as much as we think we know, we yeah. still don't. I know very little. Yeah. I know what I know. And yeah. you just know where your boundaries are and you need yeah. what you're capable of and not. So, yeah. So, if anybody's struggling with, you know, not having a friend that can give them all the answers, maybe it's just the wrong friend. Yeah. Give her a break. No, yeah, I I think that's going to resonate with a lot of people because even like I find myself there thinking about things I've talked to people about and they might not have understood or have understood and I'm thinking oh they just don't care or whatever it's not that they don't care they just don't know how to deal with it and we're not all equipped to deal with the same things you know yeah and I think this year has taught us all so much mm -hmm. much that you know I think this is the first time collectively that everybody has become a little bit more empathetic because we're all, it's like, this is unprecedented. <laughs> Dare we say the sentence? <laughs> but, you know, collectively, uh, globally, we're all experiencing something really similar, which has yeah. never happened before. Yeah. So I think our, our, our capacity for compassion has definitely grown. I do think that as well. As much as I give out about people still not being as empathetic as I'd like them to be, you know, look, we can't have it all. I do think that there definitely has been a change. And but I, learn I more. believe that unless you have self-compassion, it's very, very yeah. difficult to give it to anybody else. Yeah. Lou Paul has been saying it for how many years now? He's been saying it for 13 seasons. Yeah. Can't love yourself, can't love anybody else. Exactly. No, um, it's so true. It is so true. Like, yeah. it is. 
and you can't love other people more than yeah. you love them, which yeah. I think is super important. Like for me, self-love is an absolute act of rebellion. Mm-hmm. Like when I am feeling myself, I am dangerous. I'm dangerous. <laughs> it's the only words that I can use to describe it. Because <gasps> I think unless you are a cisgendered, heterosexual white man Mm -hmm. the world does not want you to like who you are yeah the world thrives on you not liking who you are you know unless you are that cis white hetero man there is an ist that doesn't like you and an ism that will try to fight you yeah no matter like i am fat i am black and i'm a woman i am a misogynist racist fat phobics worst nightmare because I don't care because I don't care what you say and I don't care what you think those things do not make me less than so for people that just that you know see that's why I feel so passionately about Mm self-care because me the bigger picture is self-love and self-love is an absolute act of defiance because if every one of us stopped buying shit as an act of self-care the beauty industry would crumble within days. Mm-hmm. The world does not want you to like who you are. And, you know, for, I think we had a lot of, there was a lot of activism and I know that there was a lot of performative activism, you know, last year. But, yeah. you know, I still consider myself an activist. Yeah. Every time I get on my Instagram and I take a picture because I am just feeling myself today. Yeah. I get on my Instagram and I go, look at my outfit. I look and feel fantastic. That is an up you to capitalism. It is an up you to the patriarchy. So for me, I just think self-love is, you need to armor yourself with that because the world doesn't want you to have it. The world needs for you to continue turning for the world to still make money. You have to feel bad about yourself because mm-hmm. otherwise the shit's going to crumble. So be mad about yourself, girls. Do it. There's nothing wrong with it. And like, honestly, like, I, I mean, you couldn't put it into words better than what you said there yourself. Because like, to me, like, I hate when people are like, oh, oh, you're so full of yourself or things like that. Fuck that shit. I am full of myself. I do love myself because as RuPaul says, if you ain't gonna love yourself, <laughs> you know, like it's so fucking important. Like self-love isn't selfish. It's, you just have to do it. Like, do you know what I mean? And it took me so fucking long, excuse my language, but to realize that. And it's just, it's number one. And sorry, I could, <laughs> I just, I feel so passionate about this. I can't even put it into words right now because I'm blown away, to be honest. Like, I feel like just everything you just said there completely moved me. And I just think for anyone who's listening to this right now or listening back to that, everything that Elaine just said there, please take that on board because it is so fucking important in yeah. being happy with who you are. Ladies, we have, a, we have a, we are at war. Yeah. And we have spent so many years, and I know I have personally, been at war with yourself and being at war with myself armor girls self-love is your shield because the world don't want you to like you yeah and why shouldn't you you're fantastic yes you're fantastic i do i do i think we are just i think women in general i think we're we're incredible creatures we're absolutely incredible Mm -hmm. why why shouldn't i why shouldn't i like who i am yeah like we need to stop hiding away and not living up to being our true selves because society says so and especially I think especially do you find in Ireland it's nearly harder to love yourself because I was having a chat with my friend who has an American friend and she was saying the difference in like being able to love yourself in Ireland and compared to when she's in America it's like oh god like over here people are just so easy to jump on the bandwagon and just be like no sorry you're full of yourself, blah, blah, blah. Whereas in America, it's more accepted. Um, 
I have to be honest, mm -hmm. you know, and I've listened to so much of this self-love series and I've loved it, you know, and I've listened to, you know, women on here talking about how they've had to overcome such negativity, especially that they've yeah. got on. And like I said, I don't have a platform that they have. I'm very inconsistent with me Instagram. I don't even really put up makeup on it. I mean, I haven't done any in about a year anyway, but I, I've never had that. Yeah. I've never experienced that. But now that you say that about America, I think when it comes to self-acceptance, I moved to New York in... 20, yeah, 2008, so just before, actually just before I started doing makeup, I moved to New York for a few months and that had a massive, massive impact on me on, yeah. on how I felt about myself and how I seen myself because I had spent the vast majority of my life trying to get in the where are you from but where are you really from. And I'm yeah. also from, you know, my heritage is also from a country that I didn't really know a huge amount about. Mm -hmm. You know, we weren't Googling back then. The internet <laughs> was a thing. Um, you know, you were still using a house phone, like a pay phone, house phone. Um, you know, so I didn't have, I didn't always, when, when I got the, where are you really from? I didn't, I couldn't always explain because I didn't know a huge amount about the country that I was from. And even now people still ask me, yeah, but where is that? And now I love being able to talk about it. So I definitely think it was always a struggle it was always a bit more of a struggle and I was always quite defensive mm -hmm. when I was questioned about those things. But it actually was when I went to New York and it was like, the more mixed you were, the more you were, the more fantastic people thought you were and the more interested people wanted. They were in you. They wanted to know your story. Now I did get into an argument once with a guy who ended up trying a McDonald's milkshake at me head. <laughs> <laughs> Like he wasn't, he was, and having a bar of it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it definitely how I yeah. see because I was like, oh, okay, because I used to let the joke slide, and I would let that you know what we now would call a microaggression. I used to let the am only having a bit of crack. I used to let those jokes slide because I didn't know how to defend myself, mm -hmm. and it was. I came back from New York and I went into like an old group of friends that I was like, do not speak to me like that anymore. I don't want, I don't find that funny anymore. So I definitely think, yeah, actually being in America did have an impact on me. It definitely did. But I think there is a flip side of that. Yeah. Well, um, We're obviously completely two different like cultures, I guess, but different yeah. cultures. Um, yeah, I don't know. I've never had, I've never had that. You know, I know sometimes as Irish, we can be very, very begrudging to people because we don't mm -hmm. give out. Personally, I've never had that as an issue. Oh, that's really good. I'm glad to hear that. <laughs> hey, whatever, if, if someone's going to say it to me face, I'll fight you to the death. That's yeah. cool. You're entitled to an opinion. But what people say about me behind my back ain't none of my business. Yes. And that's I that, and I think that's, really important that people take note of that because it's something that took me so long to learn because I used to like there was a part of me that did care of what people would say about me and then I got to the point where I was actually like actually what they say about me doesn't actually matter because it is nothing can, to do with me they're entitled to their own opinion unless it's affecting me in a way that like you know they're having these conversations with me come at me talk to me about it whatever but if you're saying it behind my back I don't care I don't have time for it. it's drama that I don't want to be a part of no, no, unless you're putting yourself out there. Yeah. I see your post today and I know that you were reading a Bernay Brown book who's just, he's gone. <laughs> I have a hero. I am obsessed with this. I can't yeah. put it down. For yeah. anyone who hasn't read um, Dare Greatly and Rising Strong, you need to. I haven't read them yet and I'm so excited too because I think she That's is phenomenal. The arena. So if you show up, you try, you dare greatly, you mm -hmm. are all you're gonna fail yeah but the opinions of the people who point from the stands and te and laugh at you when you've failed and you know you've landed on your knees and you're covered in dust and dirt mm -hmm. the people in the cheap seats their opinions do not matter unless you're in the arena with me and you are putting it out there and willing to fail which you will well then i don't want to hear it yeah Look, I'm sure. Look, I'm sure there's absolutely 
thousands of people that don't like me. And, and so be it. And I, I, feel, I feel that the same. And can I ask you, why would you think that is? Oh, I have no idea. Yeah. Because, I'm, because nobody likes everybody. Yeah. <laughs> Simple. No, it's not, I'm not going to sit here and pick myself apart. Yeah. Everyone. No, the only reason I say that, because I always get like, that I'm so like, loud and wild and sassy and all this stuff. So I'm always thinking like, is that what it, all these people who don't like me think of me? But then I always think that if these are things that they don't like about me, maybe it's because it's something that they're lacking in their self. 100%. 100%. The vast majority of any negati negativity that you get thrown at you is people projecting. Yeah. So, and again trying to come at that with empathy you can have empathy and boundaries yeah I, and that's something that i've definitely learned years um is just because i understand why you're behaving a certain way does not mean that i need to accept it yeah i i can understand from a distance get away from me <laughs> no 100 percent as oh yeah. Feels so much sense. <laughs> but those people that do want to speak out and they do want to say these things publicly or they troll. And again, TikTok has been an eye opener for me for the amount of absolute just ugliness that's in the world. Mm -hmm. That they have the right to have an opinion. Even everybody has the right to opinion, but no the right to be cruel or to be mean for absolutely no reason. Um, for me, that's uh, that's where. I think self-love and knowing yourself, you're allowed to be, you're allowed to be hurt by that. Yeah. But you cannot let it knock you. And yeah. I think self-love, self-compassion and understanding yourself is what keeps you grounded. It's yeah. what, it will sway me, but it will not knock me over. Mm -hmm. Because that, that's a you thing. That's yeah. not. Says fly, a fly into me. <laughs> no, 100%. And I think, oh, Sorry, I just seen a comment pop up there from my lovely friend Emma, my online friend Emma, who I've never met, who just said, Granny always said when you point when you point at someone, there's one finger at them, but there's always three pointing back at yourself. I love That's, that. Love that. Your granny is right. <laughs> Emma, your granny's talking truths. Yeah. No. Well, I'm just like I feel like this conversation already, like there's still so much more I want to talk to you about, but like you have just made some so many great points and I think it's just been so enlightening, even for me, hearing things from you from a different perspective and things that I suppose I would have kind of had a, a view on and stuff and hearing it coming from a different perspective and stuff. I'm like, oh my God, actually, yeah, when I think about it like that, even like the whole self-care thing, like... I felt like I was definitely the person who's like, oh, my self-care is this, that, blah, blah, blah. And it's actually like, nope, it's more deep. Oh, than that. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. If doing a face mask, like I said, if that's your piece and that keeps yeah. you absolutely do it. Don't get, I, I buy shit. I don't need to. Yeah. You know, I, I was in Africa last month buying woolly jumpers <laughs> online. But that was pure boredom. Yeah. So if, I'm, if I think I have to buy something to make me feel better, I will usually just sit and say, well, why don't, why, what is it that's making me feel good? Yeah. I've actually started doing that myself because I've realized I actually don't, there's certain things that I just don't need. And I'm looking at this now because it's actually popping up on my phone because of everything that goes on within your phone. They're all listening. Yeah. I'm like, I sit and I put it in my basket and then I'll come back to it like whatever, a couple of hours later. I'm like, yeah, I don't even need this. I don't need that. I was bored. Yeah, exactly. Why? Maybe I haven't talked to somebody in the last four days. Yeah. Maybe I'm really anxious about something or I'm upset about something and I'm just trying to, I'm trying to park it off. Yeah. So I think actually just sitting with yourself and saying, okay, there's, there's a reason why I'm doing this. Yeah. It with that first. Yeah. Now I bought the jumpers cause I was bored. And <laughs> I'm going to be freezing. Um, but yeah, I think for me, self-love is you, you can't love yourself until you know yourself. Yeah. And the more you get to know yourself, you will find bits that you don't necessarily like. But we're all a work in progress. Exactly. Exactly. You know, um, as much as it's been said a million times before, self-love is a journey. But for me, a path is paved with understanding, self-compassion, self-belief. 
Yeah. And some days will be easier than others. Yeah. And embracing your imperfections. Completely. Yeah. No, I love that. Um, okay, because I know we're running out of time, so I'm like, right, there's a few more things I quickly want to ask you. Um, music, music, because I know we briefly spoke about this, and I said music and food is my love language, and you spoke about music, and it's something... I'll let you speak about it. It's, I just think it's so important. I think it's so, so, so important. I am somebody who massively overthinks things that I've had to try not to. Mm-hmm because I, at times I've spent too much time in my head and the only way to get out of my head is to get into my body. Yes. So for me, I suppose as part of my self-care mm-hmm. is getting a good tune on and dancing around. Dancing in my after. Yes. I, I just think there's nothing more important. It's just completely freeing. Um, or, you know, even if it is, you know, it's that like, I've got a sore tooth, so I'm going to stick my tongue in it. I feel terrible about something and I don't know how to articulate it. I will try and find a song that somebody else does it for me. Number yeah. one, will put voice to what I cannot say. Yeah. But it'll also make me go, okay, I'm not alone because someone's written a song about this. So clearly I'm not the only one that's ever felt this terrible. Isn't that fantastic? It makes you feel slightly less alone. Yeah. So tunes are vital. Vital. Yeah. There's such a comfort in that um, because I think we can all relate to that. I know myself when I'm feeling sad, sometimes I want to listen to really sad music. I want to hear other people speak about how they felt in this situation. Yeah. yeah, It's it's getting a hug through music. It makes you feel slightly less isolated. Yeah. Someone actually, sorry, just asked there what music makes you dance. So maybe what would be your go-to songs for when you're feeling about this? I have probably two that have been like my anthems mm-hmm. for the last, I don't know how many years. So if I'm having a check me out, I'm feeling fantastic today. I'm just really into me, whether that's physically, mentally, I'm just in a good place. If anybody ha- has ever listened to India Ari's video and not felt like they could take on the world, there was like, you need to seek therapy because that <laughs> speaks to me on so many levels if self-acceptance was a song it is indian mm-hmm. video it's amazing i listened to it before we got on this because i always get really nervous had to have two panic wheeze before we start makes me feel good if i have done something or if i've done something that has made me feel like a bit of a shitty human if I've done something that's upset someone unintentionally, mm-hmm. if I've done something, said something that has just makes me or somebody else feel bad. My song for self-acceptance, emotionally self-acceptance, if that makes sense, yes. is, I don't, I never know how to pronounce this girl's name. I think it's Sev Delida, Sev Delida, and the yeah. song is called Human. And it is just a reminder that you are human. Okay. So if I, afterwards <laughs> beating myself up a little bit about it i just listen to this song i lie on the floor i'll switch the lights off or i'll go outside like especially if i've been away um you know if i'm by the sea yeah it's just my go-to tune because it's like my it's like three minutes of forgiveness yeah you didn't make a personal anthem for like I'm only human. I'm allowed to make mistakes. I didn't mean it. I will try better. Yeah. But I fucked up. Yeah. I love that. And I think that just kind of wraps everything up in a nutshell as everything you've said and coming back to self-compassion again is remembering that we are only human. We're all going to make mistakes. We have our imperfections, our flaws, and it's recognising them and moving on. Yeah. How do we learn? Exactly. Oh, Elaine, I could talk to you all day. <laughs> Had a little Prosecco. I don't even drink. <laughs> oh, God, I'm going to have another one. But, like, I mean, I'm probably done for the night now. Jesus Christ, yeah. I've set myself up for a performance. <laughs> so much for having me on. I'm no. always, I, um, not in a self-degration way, but I'm always a little bit surprised when I'm asked to do things like this. Well, you shouldn't be, because I... <laughs> When I knew you were going on, I was like, please, please, please. I want to chat to her. I 
think you are just fantastic. You are a breath of fresh air. And for those who are listening, who are not following Elaine, please do. As she said, she's inconsistent, but she's authentic. So yeah. that's what matters. Madness <laughs> will give you a giggle. Let's be fair. You will have a laugh because oh. I swear to God, I was living for the moment you got Wi-Fi <laughs> when you're away. I'm not a positive person. I'm a truth teller. And I think a lot of that, if you can't laugh at yourself, well, then this is a miserable experience. <laughs> miserable experience. You have to be able to find the giggle in there somewhere. Life's too fucking serious. It really is. Find the giggle. No, uh, I like, I'm just like, I don't know, I feel like emotional after this. Like, I'm just, I, I want, I'm hugging you through the phone. <laughs> Can I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna let you go because otherwise me and you'll be here for the night. I but can I share, I know on some of them, um, some of the other lives you've talked about, like quotes. Yes. But he has any affirmations, any of those things. Mm -hmm. um, I would love to share one of my favorite quotes. Please do. It's a Maya Angelou, of course. Yeah. Um, and it is, my wish for you is that you continue. Continue to be who and how you are to astonish a mean world with your acts of kindness. Continue to allow humour to lighten the burden of your tender soul. Find the giggle. Wow. I mean, like, can we say anything else? Elaine? But we won't. <laughs> we'd be here all night i mean listen you have been absolutely fantastic and more and i just hope everyone has listened to all your philosophy like you're just incredible and thank you i'm i feel so grateful that i've been the one to get to chat to you tonight thank you me too thank you so much all right